good day to you all out there i want to wish all of the fathers all over the world a very happy fathers day we pray that you are, you may all continue to uh, uh, to set good examples to your family and uh, and and also look after them well when we were children we had all kinds of fears we feared monsters ghosts uh, snakes and we would often be afraid to go out in the dark or even or we would look into the corners for some monster over there or something hiding under our beds now that is all in our imagination because monsters actually in reality don't exist also we think that all snakes are out there trying to get every opportunity they can to bite us us and that all snakes are poisonous but in reality they aren't they just a small proportion of snakes that are poisonous there are roughly around 60 poisonous snakes in india out of 270 different species but yet as children we fear all these things because we do not have enough knowledge to understand that many of the things we fear are just in our imagination when we grow up things change we stop fearing monsters and snakes and things like that but we do have fears we have woken up in the middle of the night and obsessed about everything that needs to be done we worry about the interaction we had with somebody during the day the previous day we worry about so many things that and and when we actually think about it we realize that many of the things we worry about we have no reason to do so we don't need to worry about those things and we'll find that many of the things we worry about go away now if we have these fears and worries we are not alone many of us go through these experiences especially when our jobs are stressful and even if it isn't it seems that these experiences intensify as we grow older the pandemic has forced us to work uh, from home working from home has its advantages of flexibility saving time in traveling to and from work saving energy spent in travel and expense work from home has however disrupted our work life balance causing us to work longer hours have more meetings at different times of the day and night thus causing stress mental health issues and even burnouts before the pandemic many thought that work from home would be great especially with the advances in technology which makes that possible but have now found out that work from home can be very challenging and stressful as a pastor i worked from home for more than 30 years of my life and i know what it is like thankfully there were breaks with traveling to different places on church visits conferences and other jobs outside the home also when i traveled close by around the house i would make sure i traveled during the time which was a non peak hours so i do not have to spend too much time on the road with slow moving traffic however there are struggles of work life balance and working long hours without a break also as a pastor I was called to I was on call 24 hours of the day. 
if you think about it there is a person in the bible called daniel who did not have the luxury of thinking about work life balance he was a slave who was on call 24 hours of the day 7 days of the week of course i am sure he kept a sabbath and he found a way to be able to do so but by and large he was always on call and he had to work we have no knowledge about him having a a family a wife and a family or the opportunity to relax uh, or go for a family outing in spite of being a slave he was not treated like one he had a position of power uh, like no other prophet in the bible had daniel was from an elite jewish family living in jerusalem before he was taken captivity at the age of 17 or 18 he served in babylon for about 60 years first under nabukadnezar then his successors and eventually under the medes and the persians with darius and cyrus when he was thrown into the lions den he was probably in his 70s or mid 70s he died at the age of 85 after after nabuchodonosor died his son evil marduk ruled but was assassinated after ruling for only 2 years he wasn't a very powerful king he wasn't very strong he wasn't capable as a leader for 6 years after the death of nabuchodonosor there was a period of uncertainty till finally nabuchodonosor uh ascended to the throne and ruled for 17 years before the capture of babylon by darius belshazzar probably ruled for the last 2 years of nabuchodonosor's uh, reign he was killed when darius captured babylon nabuchodonosor lived in exile it was during the reign of belshazzar that daniel got the dreams and visions as recorded in chapter 7 till the end of the book of daniel chronologically chapter 7 precedes chapter 5 and 6 which we covered the last time although daniel lived a better life than the other exiles of babylon being a jew with his, with his jewish laws it made it difficult for for, for daniel only god could rescue him and make sense of his life because several times he would have already he would have died if god had not saved him from those situations there is a poem about daniel that goes like this there to be a daniel there to stand alone there to have a purpose firm there to make it known below his surface demeanor of uh confidence daniel had his own share of difficulties even in the senior years of his life he had dreams and visions that were strange troubling and complex they have yielded importance important insight and lessons for people like us as well as forecasting what is in store for the future Let us go to the book of Daniel, chapter seven, and let us read this very interesting and uh, chapter. At the same time, a chapter that is very difficult to understand in many ways because some of the visions that Daniel had 
he himself did not understand everything, even though many times his visions were interpreted by someone, he never fully understood them. And we'll see why as you go to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 to 14. We'll read from the Message Bible, Daniel 7, verses 1 to 14. In the first year of the reign of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. What he saw as he slept in his bed terrified him, a real nightmare. When he wrote out his dream, then he wrote out his dream. In my dream that night, I saw the four winds of heaven whipping up a great storm of, on the sea. Four huge animals, each different from the others, ascended out of the sea. The first animal looked like a lion, but it had the wings of an eagle. While I watched, its wings were pulled off. It was then pulled erect so that it was standing on two feet like a man. Then a human heart was placed in it. Then I saw a second animal that looked like a bear. It lurched from side to side, holding three ribs in its jaws. It was told, attack, devour, fill your belly. Next I saw another animal. This one looked like a panther. It had four bird-like wings on its back. This animal had four heads and was made to rule. After that, a fourth animal appeared in my dream. This one was a grisly horror, hideous. It had huge iron teeth. It crunched and swallowed its victims. Anything left over, it trampled into the ground. It was different from the other animals. This one was a real monster. It had ten horns. As I was staring at the horns and trying to figure out what they meant, another horn sprouted up, a little horn. Three of the original horns were pulled out to make room for it. There were human eyes in this little horn and a big mouth speaking arrogantly. As I was watching all this, thrones were set in place and the old one sat down. His robes were white as snow. His hair was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, its wheels blazing. A river of fire poured out of the throne. Thousands upon thousands served him. Tens of thousands attended him. The courtroom was called to order and the books were opened. I kept watching. The little, little horn was speaking arrogantly. Then as I watched, the monster was killed and its body cremated in the roaring fire. The other animals lived on for a limited time, but they didn't really do anything, had no power to rule. My dream continued. I saw a human form, a son of man, arriving in a whirl of clouds. He came to the one, the old one and was presented to him. He was given power to rule all the glory of royalty. Everyone, race, color and creed had to serve him. His rule would be forever, never ending. His kingly rule would never be replaced. And we saw in the previous sermons that, uh, and the, the chapters that we studied how all the kingdoms of this earth 
have a shelf life. They are not, they are all limited. However powerful, however big they may be, they are all limited in their lives. They only can have they only have that much of period where they will survive and then they will disappear and somebody else will take their place. Now in the case of Daniel, Daniel, even though this nightmare was scary, it seemed to have a happy ending. But Daniel was deeply troubled because he could not understand this dream. He had in the past interpreted dreams, but now when he got dreams, he could not understand what they meant. Even when it was interpreted to him, he was disturbed. as He did not know when these prophecies would be fulfilled. He was also deeply disturbed that in the vision, he saw God. He said in verse 15, But as for me, Daniel, I was disturbed. All these dreams, visions had me agitated. So I went up to the one of, uh, of those standing by and asked him the meaning of all this. When Isaiah saw a vision of God, he said, Doom, it's doomsday. I am as good as dead. Every word I've ever spoken is tainted, blasphemous, even. And the people I live with talk the same way, using words that corrupt and desecrate. And here I look God in the face, the king God, the king God of the angel armies. Isaiah, 5, Isaiah 6 verse 5. When Ezekiel saw a vision of God, he fell flat on his face and then sat in silence for seven days, overwhelmed. Why was there such a dramatic reaction in these three men when they saw God? Their unholiness stood out in sharp contrast, contrast to God's holiness. They stood before God symbolically, who was God was symbolically dressed in magnificence, while when they stood before God and his magnificence, they stood naked before him. God could see them true and true, and no one likes that feeling. Just imagine if there was actually a superman with X-ray vision, none of us would want to stand before him because he would be able to see us true and true, and we don't want that to happen. That would be frightening and embarrassing. So let us continue Daniel chapter 7 verses 16 to 25. Daniel 7 verses 16 to 25. And he told me, interpreting the dream for me. These four huge animals, he said, mean that four kingdoms will appear on earth. But eventually the holy people of the high God will be given the kingdom and have it ever after. Yes, forever and ever. But I wanted to know more. I was curious about the fourth animal, the one so different from the others, the hideous monster with the iron teeth and the bronze claws, gulping down what it ripped to pieces and trampling the leftovers into the dirt. And I wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and the other horn that sprouted up while three of the original horns were removed. This new horn had eyes and a mouth and spoke arrogantly, dominating, dominating the other horns. I watched as this horn was making war on God's holy people and getting the best of them. But then the old one intervened and decided things in favor of the people of the high God. In the end, 
God's holy people took over the kingdom. The bystander continued telling me this. The fourth animal is the fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from the first three kingdoms, a monster kingdom that will chew up everyone inside and spits them out. The ten horns are ten kings, one after another, that will come from this kingdom. But then another king will arrive. He will be different from the earlier kings. He will begin by toppling three kings. Then he will blaspheme the high god, persecute the followers of the high god, and try to get rid of sacred worship and moral practice. God's holy people will be persecuted by him for the time, times, and half a time, which is actually three and a half years. Let's look at this more carefully and see what all this is about. Just as uh, there were four kingdoms in Nebuchadnezzar's dream in chapter 2, there were four kingdoms in Daniel's dream. They, were, they, are, they are similar in that they de depict the four world empires. Nebuchadnezzar's dream, however, covered the political characteristics of these empires, while Daniel's dreams depict, depicted the moral characteristics of these empires. God's kingdom would co conquer them all. All of these in empires existed for a time, but God's empire will last forever. Daniel's dream expands on the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. The lion with the wings represents Babylon, which is swift conquest of many countries. Statues of winged lions were found even recently in the ruins of Babylon. Plucking out of the wings signify the end of the empire's expansion. This was followed by the conversion of, of, of Nebuchadnezzar from opposing the true God to acknowledging him as supreme, and, uh, as supreme, signifying that he was given a human heart. There was a kind of conversion that took place in Nebuchadnezzar over the years and to the latter years of his life. The bear was the Medo-Persian empire. The three ribs in its mouth represented the conquest of three of its enemies. The leopard was Greece. Its wings show its swiftness and represents Alexander the Great, who conquered much of the civilized world in four short years, between 334 to 330 BC. The leopard's four heads are the four divisions of the Greek Empire after Alexander's death. The fourth piece points to both Rome and the end times. Many Bible scholars believe that the horns correspond to ten kings who will reign shortly before God sets up his kingdom on this earth. The ten kings had still not come to power during John's visions in Revelation chapter 17, verse 12. One of the reasons why Daniel never understood uh, the dream properly because he did not see its fulfillment at any time or he could not understand how this all could be fulfilled during his lifetime. He did not realize that it was not meant, that those, those uh, visions are not meant for his lifetime. The little horn is a future human ruler or the Antichrist. 
mentioned in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So let us look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 to better understand this little horn that is being talked about here. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 to 13. Now friends, read these next words carefully. Slow down and don't go jumping to conclusions regarding the day when our master Jesus Christ will come back and be assembled to welcome him. Don't let anyone shake you up or get you excited over some breathless report or rumored letter from me that the day of the master's arrival has come and gone. Don't fall for any line like that. He'll defy and then take over every so-called God or altar. Having cleared away the opposition, he'll then set himself up in God's temple as God Almighty. Don't you remember me going, me going over all this in detail when I was with you? Are your memories that short? You'll also remember that I told you the anarchist is being held back until just the right time. That doesn't mean that the spirit of anarchy is not now at work. It is secretly and it is it is secretly and underground. But a time will come when the anarchist will no longer be held back, but will be let loose. But don't worry, the master Jesus will be right on his heels and blow him away. The master appears and puff, the anarchist is out of there. The anarchist com uh, coming is all Satan's work. All his power and signs and miracles are fake, evil slate of hands that play to the gallery of those who hate the truth and could say and that that could save them and since they are so obsessed with evil god rubs their noses into it gives them what they want since they refuse to trust the truth they are banished to their chosen world of lies and illusions meanwhile we've got our hands full continually thanking god for you our good friends so loved by god God picked you out as his, as his from the very start. Think of it, including, included in God's original plan of salvation by the bond of faith in the living truth. Now, yes, Paul explained to people, they had all kinds of theories that, well, he will come in the next few, Jesus Christ will return in the next few years and all kinds of things and they were just waiting for him to come. While some began to think, that he's already come. It's finished. He has already come. And there is no other future coming of Jesus Christ. And, and Paul tries to refute all this to the brethren over there. Now there's another way that, uh, to look at this little horn or Antichrist. Uh, as uh, to, to show us that it is not to be looked at specifically as a historical figure. It will be probably a historical figure, but also we should not look at it just as a historical figure. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 16 to 24, it says, 1 John 2, verses 16 to 24, practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, 
has nothing to do with the master. It just isolates you from him. And we saw from the short message that was given on Zoom how we can be so attracted to the riches of this world that we make choices sometimes based on what is advantage to us in this physical world and as a result of that make the wrong decision and suffer for it, for, for it just like Lot and his family did. Wanting to appear important has nothing to do, it says, with the father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Children, time is just about up. You heard that Antichrist is coming. Well, they are all over the place. Antichrist everywhere you look. That's how we know that we are close to the end. They left us, but they were really, they, they were never really with us. If they had been, they would have stuck it out with us, loyal to the end. And here's Paul talking about, uh, uh, he's talking about the end time when these things will happen, when people will leave God, they'll forsake God and they'll go after other things, which, and they were really not part of God's family. Uh, in leaving, they showed their true colors, showed they were never, they never did belong, but you belong. The Holy One anointed you, and you are all, and you all know it. I haven't been writing this to tell you something you don't know, but to confirm the truth to you, a truth you do know, and to remind you that the truth doesn't breed lies. So who is lying here? It's the person who denies that Jesus is the divine Christ. That's who. This is what makes an antichrist deny the father, deny the son. No one denies the son. No one who denies the son has any part with the father. But affirming the son is an embrace of the father as well. Stay with what you heard from the beginning, the original message. Let it sink into your life. If what you heard from the beginning lives deeply in you, you will live deeply in both the Son and the Father. And here is a warning to all of us that there are people who deny the divinity of Christ. And they try to lead people astray through these kinds of things. There are people in the world who come up with all kinds of theories and all kinds of practices and try to lead people away from God and Christ. Let us make sure we don't allow that to happen. Let the word of God, let his message sink into our lives. We may have all details. We may not have all the details of the dream. But whatever is there is pretty clear to us. And God is carefully, over a period of time, helping us to understand more and more of what he's trying to teach us. In Daniel chapter 7 verses 26 to 27, Daniel 7 verses 26 to 27, it says, But when the court comes to order, the horn will be stripped of its power and totally destroyed. Then the royal rule and the authority and the glory of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the people of the high God. Their royal rule will, be, will last forever. All other rulers will serve and obey them. 
Now, you know, what we see all year in what Daniel's prophecy is, let us not attach it specifically to any particular situation that is happening and be too eager to kind of feel that we can kind of outguess God into thinking when he's, he's, when he's coming will, will actually happen. We should always be prepared and we should always study God's word so that over a period of time we'll be able to understand more and more. We, what we understand today in the book of Daniel, Daniel himself never, never understood at his time. But God had not given him all these messages for himself. As we'll see later when we continue to read the book of Daniel, that God wanted this for Daniel to actually preserve by writing it down for the generations to come. God is allowing the Antichrist that live among us to reign supreme for a time. Daniel ends his chapter by saying in verse 28, and there it, there it ended. I, Daniel, was in shock. I was like a man who had seen a ghost, but I kept it all to myself. Daniel did not take, uh, go around uh, proclaiming his dream because even though, even though, if he, because if he had really done it, nobody would have believed him. And in reality, what he had seen in the dream was not for his generation, but for the generations to come. And they would be fulfilled in the generations to come. He probably understood part of the, of the prophecy and its fulfillment in the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians who lived and these two empires. But beyond that, he really had no idea who the, who the, which empires would be ruling after that. We know today. Daniel also did not understand who this son of man would be that is mentioned in Daniel 7 verses 13 to 14. We know who the son of man is. He did not know. The son of man could simply mean a son of a mortal. When God spoke to the, to the prophet Ezekiel, he addressed him repeatedly as the son of man. In Daniel chapter 8 verse 17, God addressed Daniel as the son of man. But the son of man mentioned in the dream in Daniel 7 is different. He comes from heaven to rule forever. Some 500 years after this vision, someone came from heaven and, uh, and referred to himself as the son of man. He was Jesus the Messiah. Jesus fulfilled the spiritual aspect of the prophecy men mentioned in Daniel by setting up his spiritual kingdom through his death and resurrection and founding his spiritual church on earth. Jesus often referred to himself as the son of man. He told the paralyzed man in Matthew chapter 9 verses 4 to 8, Matthew 9 verses 4 to 8, Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, Why this gossipy whispering? Which do you think is simpler to say, I forgive your sins or get up and walk? Well, just so that it's clear that I am the son of man and authorized to do either or both. At this, he turned to the paralytic and said, get up, take your bed and go home. And the man did it. The crowd was awestruck amazed and pleased that God had authorized Jesus to work among them in this way. 
in Matthew chapter 12 verse 8 when the Pharisees accused Jesus Jesus' disciples of breaking the Sabbath Jesus said the son of man is lord of the Sabbath when Jesus spoke of his coming in glory he said the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what they have done Matthew 16 verses 27 Matthew 17 verses 22 to 23 says as they were regroup, regrouping in in Galilee Jesus told them the son of man is about to be betrayed to some, but to some people who want nothing to do with God they will murder him and 3 days later he will be raised alive the disciples felt terrible Daniel did not go around Babylon announcing what he saw in his dream. As I said earlier, no one would believe him, and he would not be. If they asked him questions, he would not be in a position to explain what he had seen. He did not even know who was the son of uh, the son of man that is talking about here. But he knew one thing. He decided to write down all that he had seen. He probably did not fully understand how God was going to use it, but he knew that it was possibly something that God wanted him to preserve for the future. We therefore have the book of Daniel. Even though Daniel did not understand many of the things he saw, we do, thankfully. Let us praise God for giving us the knowledge and understanding, and He is going to reveal to us more and more as time goes by. as we delve into the bible as we study what is what it says we will understand more and more that is exactly what god wants us to do he has not given everything to us on a silver platter because then if we had everything we would take it too much for granted and we would never bother to look into the book it is into his book many godly men of old would have given anything for the knowledge and understanding we have today so let us not take it for granted let us make sure that we preserve carefully all that we are studying in the bible in our hearts and in our minds and let it never be forgotten let it never go away because sometime in the future we may require this knowledge and understanding not only for ourselves but to be able to impart that knowledge and understanding to others that is of more importance to god and it should be not only be taken in by ourselves we should go out there and tell people of what's go- is happening tell people why some of the things are happening that are happening in this world and warning them that if they are receptive to it warning them to be careful to watch out to to get close to god so that they are not did not suffer the things that are going to come on this earth daniel did that all the time while he was in nabukadnezar trying to bring him down to the point where he would be humble enough to accept the true god so that he would avoid the things that were going to come to pass in which he would have suffered for it so daniel tried to help him and eventually he was able to get to the point where nabukadnezar began to accept that he is nobody and god is everything that he he even has a kingdom it is not because he by his ability won the kingdom it is because god gave it to him god gave him the strength god gave him everything that he had so that he could do what he wanted 
to do in his kingdom not because god uh, he, not because that was what he wanted but because god that is what god wanted him to do in his kingdom he didn't realize in the beginning but after a while he understood that he was an instrument in god's hands let us remember that uh, let us realize that we cannot take anything that we know anything that we understand for granted let us realize that what information what knowledge we have is precious is something that we have to utilize first in our lives and help others to understand too if they are willing to listen let's bow our heads in prayer our great god of knowledge and understanding our god who has created and this world and and protects it and guides it in the way that you want to go father help us to realize that we need to stay close to you father so that we are always led by you and led by your holy spirit so that whatever we do in our lives is all according to your holy will as we look at these scriptures father that these this these uh, visions that uh, daniel had in his life help us to understand that these visions and this these things that are, are given to us is for our knowledge as well as to warn us to watch out for what is going to happen in the future and what course correction we have to take in our lives to ensure that we stay close to you in every possible aspect of our lives we are a rebellious group of people we are proud and we are arrogant sometimes father even though we you have given us so much of knowledge and so much of understanding given us your holy spirit and are guiding us in our lives from time to time we fall short of what we are supposed to do help us father help us in all that we do guide our, our steps help us to internalize all the things that you are teaching us and protect us in all that we do and from the harms and dangers that we are facing in this life we know that there are many monsters that we are going to face in our lives some of them will be figments of our imagination but some of them will be real let us be able to discern what is real and what is imagination let us not be fearful because we know that if we are close to you we can cast off all fear because none of the things in this world can touch us without your knowledge and with your without your consent guide us in every aspect of our lives father and strengthen us and lead us as we go along father as we are going through difficulties that we are right now facing in life the difficulties are a pandemic that doesn't seem to go away help us not to live in fear of it but help us to stay close to you and live the deep faith and understanding that you are always going to be there for us and that we have nothing to fear in this world thank you father for the knowledge and understanding that you have given us today thank you for the prophet daniel who made this all available for us which you made him do so that it is available to us we thank you for once again for everything for all your for all the things you do in our, our lives we also thank you and ask you to bless this coming week and protect us and guide us 
in all that we do. And in all that we do, Father, on a day-to-day basis, let us do everything to glorify you and your holy name. We thank you for everything and ask all this in Jesus' holy and most blessed name. Amen.